Welcome. You've discovered the world it's ass. So I guess we should probably uh, catch up from um, where we were last time because the last the last episode that we recorded <clears throat> it's been been a while. Quite the a last while. time we <laughs> last time we talked was uh, Keith was with us and uh, you left off like right right around the time he left. I guess that was the uh, the last time we talked. <clears throat> he was he had just left, so you were back in you were heading back to Spain, I think. Yeah. Right. He left from. He left, did he live from Spain? He left from Marrakesh. Okay. And, so he left and, from. Yeah. Uh, that's where we left off. Yeah. Um, so then after at Marrakesh, like, you know, we had the whole bed bug problem, but he moved us to a mm-hmm. room. And then, um, yeah, Keith flew out the next morning, and I decided not to continue my stay at the hostel um, mm-hmm. because of the bed bugs. And uh, I checked into a hotel. Um, Paid more than I wanted to for a hotel, but I was like, you know what? I need to, <laughs> I need to get clean. I need to get rid right. of these fucking bugs. And uh, so I checked into a, a hotel, um, and you know, as soon as I check in the hotel, I just start checking the bed sheets and the corners of the wall and everything because I'm just like so mm-hmm. super paranoid now. And I put my book bag out on the terrace on the balcony or whatever, and mm-hmm. I had bought like alcohol wipes and stuff like that from the. Uh, supermarket on the way to the hotel and i just started like scrubbing down like like uh, took everything out of my backpack scrubbed down everything like you know um all the folds you know all the backpack in and out um everything i had in there my camera my laptop um all the cables and chargers and even my notebook and pins and i I wiped everything down i was was, Mm -hmm. just going nuts (laughs) i uh it kind of reminded me of like uh, uh, I don't remember, know if you remember Creepshow, the film Creepshow, but there's a, there was one of the segments in Creepshow where um, it's about this guy who's in this like he's like really rich dude in this like um, really fancy New York apartment in some high rise. He's kind of a recluse because he's like a germaphobe and um, he's got this hermetically sealed apartment and all this shit, and uh, mm-hmm. he just starts seeing like he sees a cockroach like mm-hmm. across the floor and then he's like chases it down. And then and slowly through the whole segment, like just more and more bugs start showing up and he just goes insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like this guy, <laughs> but um, no, I didn't find any bugs. I cleaned everything. Um, I decided to, you know, I need to get my, all my clothes washed. Um, and I figured they had, a would have a laundry facility at the hotel um, where I could just go do my laundry um, and then chill, chill out in the, in the hotel room, but they didn't, uh, they said, well, we can do laundry for you. I was like, all right, all right, all right I'll do that. Mm-hmm. It was going to cost like $65 or some shit. And nice. uh, yeah, I know. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care. And then, yeah. so I brought the laundry down and they're like, all right, well, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be ready tomorrow at like 8 PM. I'm like, well, what? Cause I was supposed to leave the next day. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't work. And, um, 
I was like, is there a laundromat or something around? And the lady at the front desk was like, this isn't Europe. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> very helpful. Uh, okay, fair enough. And she's like, well, there's a, you know, there's a cleaning service down the road. Maybe they can turn it around faster for you. Mm-hmm. So I stuffed all my clothes in a bag. Um, like, you know, and I was like, I need to wash all my clothes. There's no way I can like walk down the road naked. <laughs> right. Um, so I put my shoes on with no socks so I could wash on my socks. Um, I knew my jeans needed to be washed because mainly that's what I'd, I'd worn. Uh, so I put my shorts on. Just went commando so I could wash all my underwear mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. uh, put on the cleanest T-shirt that I thought I had. And then everything else went into the laundry bag. And I walked like two miles down this main drag of Marrakesh like in shorts and a T-shirt, mm-hmm. which I felt very awkward. Like, right. Because in Marrakesh or in Morocco, it's a very conservative country, of course. And mm-hmm. I mean, of course, the women are covered, uh, but even the men, I mean, they don't wear shorts. They wear right. long pants or, or robes, and uh, they don't even wear, you know, even though it's hot as shit, they don't wear T-shirts, you know, short sleeves. Yeah. They, they wear long. I mean, so it, it's a very, you know, no skin shown kind of thing. Is it, is it super hot there right now? Um, it During the day, because it, it is very desert-like, hmm. at least in Marrakesh. Um, right. Now, right now, I don't know. I mean, but when we were there, it was... Yeah. Uh, early December, so it was still hot mm-hmm. in the in the the heat of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not unbearable. So I don't know what it would be like in summer. <laughs> but yeah, um, probably unbearable. Yeah, probably unbearable. <laughs> exactly. Um, and at night, you know, it cools down. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, so I, I was walking down the street feeling kind of half naked, actually. <laughs> were you catching a lot of glances? I mean, were people uh, noticing? Or? Yeah, but that you know that. I don't know if that was just because the way I was dressed or because of just being a Westerner, you know, like, because mm-hmm. even when I walked down with, with jeans and, and whatever, um, yeah, people, people looked at me anyways. I mean, I mean, right. And also, I don't know. I just look crazy. to the cleaning uh, place the lady said you know you know like 10 o'clock the next morning I was like oh crap I was like you know I gotta leave on a bus the next day and uh so she eventually said that she could she's like well if you can come back at seven o'clock tonight I can I can have have it ready for you so so Mm -hmm. that worked out wasn't nearly the 62 dollars order it was going to be at the the hotel but still yeah that's good still pricey so I walked back to the hotel and then I'm like, okay, well, the clothes I'm wearing are still possibly contaminated. Again, I'm just mm-hmm. kind of super paranoid and going schizophrenic at this point. Um, and, you know, I know all this stuff in my, my bag is out on the balcony just drying. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I've still got some alcohol wipes. I'll just wipe down my clothes, like really good, uh-huh. and use the hairdryer to dry them. And then, I'll, you know, I'll be, I'll be good. So, yeah. I strip down and I wipe down my clothes vigorously with these alcohol wipes. Mm-hmm. And I go to the hairdryer in the bathroom to dry the clothes, and the hairdryer does not fucking work. <laughs> I'm like, ah, damn it. <laughs> All right, well, I'll just, I'll just hang them to dry. So yeah. I hang my clothes up to dry, and then I realize I'm standing in the middle of this. I haven't taken a shower yet or anything. I'm like, I don't want to sit on anything until I take a shower because he knows if like, I have eggs on me or whatever. 
Uh-huh. And and then I realized, okay, I haven't eaten since breakfast. And this is like mm-hmm. 4 p.m. right now. And I'm super starving. And I'm like, okay, my clothes are wet. And I'm like, I have... <laughs> I need food. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can not easily just walk out of this hotel room right now and get food. Uh, mm. So luckily they had a mini bar that had like Pringles mm-hmm. and uh, like, like a ginger ale or a soda or something. And uh, I was like, well, I guess that's my lunch. <laughs> and so like, I, I'm like, that's all was in there. That, yeah. It was, it was maybe like a Snickers bar or something too, but. Mm. Um, I was like, well, Pringles sound okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, of course, it's going to cost me like, for one of those mini cans of Pringles, it was probably like $5 or something. Some right. Shit, you know? And for the soda, it was probably like $3. Um, I'm like, well, whatever. I can't go out and get food. So I started eating the Pringles, and I'm like, I go to sit down on the bed, and I realize, like, well, shit, I can't sit on the bed because I might spread something. So mm-hmm. I end up squatting in the middle of this hotel room completely naked, <laughs> eating this can of Pringles. And uh-huh. all I can think is, if housekeeping comes in right now, <laughs> what a sight I would be. Yeah. Plus, I was eating with my left hand because I'm left-handed, which, of course, right. you know, um, you know, uh, Arabic cultures is, uh, you don't do. Wipe. Yeah, exactly. So you don't, yeah, yeah, you don't hand food, you don't, you know, you don't eat with your left hand. You don't, there's a lot of stuff you don't do with your left hand. So mm-hmm. don't top it off. I was eating on my left hand out of, yeah. a, out of a can of Pringles. So that may or may not have been the lowest point of my life. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Quite an image. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I, you know, so I, I assume that you managed to get clothing and, and get. Yes. Yeah. To, to, okay. to make a long story short, you know, eventually my, my clothes dried even with, mm-hmm. with a hair dryer. Uh, I went back at 730, 7, 730, whatever it was. Got my clothes, went back, you know, got fully dressed. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I just went down to the restaurant that was down in the hotel because I didn't feel like going anywhere and uh, had like a just kind of splurged on a nice dinner. I was like, you know what? I'm free of bugs. I'm just going to have a nice dinner. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I slept pretty good that night, bug free. Um, and I thought, okay, got this thing beat. Tomorrow I move on to uh, Esawira for a few mm-hmm. days, which is like a, you know, on the coast there in Morocco. And then I'll come back to Marrakesh and go to Spain. So the next morning I wake up and uh, I pack everything up and I look in the mirror right before I leave the hotel room and I realize that a bite on my, one of the bites, one of the bug bites on my neck is in a very distinctive um, bullseye pattern, mm-hmm. which um, growing up in the, you know, Eastern United States in the woods and stuff, I'm very aware of Lyme disease and, um, so you're always on the lookout for that bullseye pattern. So as soon as I saw mm-hmm. that, I was kind of like, oh, shit. Right. Um, so that definitely started concerning me. Like, well, I never saw any ticks, even when you know, we're in the desert. I don't even think ticks live in the desert. But I was like, on all mm-hmm. these excursions and stuff, never saw a single tick. Hell, since I've, since I've been traveling you know, out of the United States, I haven't seen a single tick. I haven't pulled a single tick off of me. Yeah. But then I started questioning. I was like, well, they say bed bugs don't carry any disease. Mm-hmm. But I mean, who knows? Maybe you caught the one. The one I that's know carrying Lyme disease. Yeah, that that you know exactly. Um, that renegade son of a bitch who didn't clean his needles and now he's got Lyme exactly. disease. Exactly, that fucking chunky. <laughs> um, so of course I just yeah, I was like, oh shit, and um, like well, 
I've, you know, I've got to get to Essaouira, and I was like, I don't want to go to a doctor in Essaouira because it's just a small little town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God knows if they'll know about Lyme disease. Um, so I, I took a picture of the of the bite because I knew it would go away, the rash or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just decided to kind of try to put it out of my mind for the next few days until I got back to Marrakesh and flew to Madrid. And I was determined that I guess once I got to Madrid, I'll just go see a doctor. Yeah. Um, I already had a plane ticket from Madrid to Istanbul, but I decided to cancel that. So I canceled that, mm-hmm. knowing that it would, it's probably going to take days to go through this process of getting tested and all this stuff. So Right. This is like mid-December. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, that was my okay. head a little bit. But yeah, so I spent I spent a weekend in Essaouira, which is awesome. Uh, kind of a beach town, laid back ver- you know, version of Morocco. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like Chef Shawin, the mountain town, where it was just not as pushy and uh, just much more laid back, nice. Okay. Um, and um, actually stayed with uh, the two Spanish girls that Keith and I had met, uh, Cecilia and Raquel. Uh, okay. Because they didn't have a place to stay yet, they were going to look for a hostel, and I had already booked a Airbnb for the purposes of doing the podcast, of course, because uh, mm-hmm. I had better Wi-Fi. And uh, but the only thing I could rent was like a, a two-bedroom, so the second bedroom was actually wasted, but. Um, they ended up on the same bus as me to Essaouira, and we started talking, and I was like, hey, just come stay with me because I've got an extra bedroom, and I'm already paying for it one way or the other. Um, yeah. They insisted, of course, on paying what they were going to pay at the hostel, at least, um, and I finally, you know, I kept saying no, but they finally uh, just shoved money in my face. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we spent the weekend, and, like, we had a kitchen, too, which was really cool. So we'd go down to Medina. We'd buy f- fresh food. We go down mm-hmm. to the harbor, buy fresh fish, and we we cook you know fresh dinner every every night we were there in Essaouira, which is a good change of pace because we'd just been eating out so much, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, so no, that's that, cool. That yeah. is that is nice occasionally when you're when you're on vacation or doing something like that to you know step back from eating out once in a while and you know make your own kind of thing. Exactly, and and uh, yeah, so that's refreshing. Was, yeah, exactly. It's exactly what it was. It was refreshing. Um, mm-hmm. So that was one cool thing about uh, one of the cool things about Essaouira. Um, and, um, so then Monday I left Essaouira and went back to Marrakesh, um, spent one evening in Marrakesh and then caught my plane the next day to Madrid. Well, let me ask you something before you get back to Spain. Um, why did you go to Morocco? Why was it? Why did you choose to go there? Because I feel like, I mean, this may be, I may be remembering this incorrectly, but I feel like that's always kind of been a place that you've mentioned wanting to go. Yes. And I've never really asked why. So I was just curious if there was a particular reason why Morocco was stuck, uh, was a place you were, you know, it was a goal. Yeah, it was a goal. It's been a goal for a long time. I've probably since my late teens, early twenties, I've had a fascination with Morocco and I don't know why. Mm. Um, I just always have, um, mm. and part of it is just, I guess, seeing pictures and it just looking like a whole nother world, mm-hmm. um, and seeing like the architecture, which for some reason intrigued me and the, and the, and the artwork, um, mm-hmm. you know, the artwork's very geometrical, um, because of the, uh, you know, in Muslim cultures, they, they, you can't have any kind of iconography. So mm-hmm. there's, you can't have images of people or animals or anything like that. So right. their art developed very geometric based. Um, 
mm-hmm. which always intrigued me too, you know, as, as an art student, um, that it's, it's again, it's kind of different than most other art that you see, most other like religious art or, you know, um, cultural art. Um, it was just different. Um, and I just thought it was beautiful. And it, and it also incorporates into the architecture. Um, mm-hmm. So I just wanted to go see that. And then um, as I got older and, and was, you know, I guess in my 20s and more adventurous with food, uh, mm-hmm. and started trying different cuisines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, I tried Moroccan cuisine and I was just like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> so that just added yeah. to the fascination with that country. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. I just um, somehow slowly developed this fascination with that country when I was younger and just like, uh, I want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's okay. tons of places. Yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, there's tons of places I want to go, but that was just higher on the list, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then you, so you departed from there and headed back to Madrid. Yep. Got back to Madrid. Um, and then. Was that part of the plan the whole time was to go from Morocco back to Spain and then, then bounce to Istanbul? Yes. That, that was always a plan. I had a plane ticket to Madrid. <clears throat> and it was because it was cheaper to go to Madrid and then use Madrid as a hub to go somewhere else than mm-hmm. going direct, go, any, going anywhere directly out of Marrakesh was a lot more expensive. So it was super cheap to get to Madrid. So I bought a, ch- a ticket to Madrid. And then the very next day I had a ticket to Istanbul. I was just the cheapest way to go. Okay. Um, so I already had the, the two plane tickets, ended up canceling the Istanbul no, after I knew that I was going to have to go see uh, a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I got to Madrid, uh, checked into a hostel, uh, the same hostel, actually, that Keith and I stayed at, um, and made a doctor's appointment. Um, and uh, a couple of days later, went and saw the doctor, explained the situation. Um, and then he was like, he didn't, he was like, I don't think it's Lyme disease. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like, ticks are the, are the, you know, really the only vector for, for Lyme. And, um, or the bacteria that causes Lyme. And uh, he's like, but just to be safe, he's like, um, he's like, I'll send you for a blood test. And, um, so he scheduled the blood. No, no, I went, I could do the blood test immediately. He wrote the, not prescription, but he wrote the order for the blood test, told me a place to go, uh, nearby. I think it was <clears throat> San Francisco hospital. And, um, so went and got that done. Um, and, they said, okay, you know, come, you know, Monday, your results will be ready. And again, you know, dealing with a language barrier here, cause my Spanish is horrible. And mm-hmm. most of the people there speak very little English. Um, they said Monday, um, or, you know, lunes. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. And so I left thinking, okay, well, they're going to turn around pretty quickly. It's next week. I'll have my test results. When I got back to the hospital, I looked at the, the form and it was actually Monday, January 4th. <laughs> and we're talking, this was like, yeah, this was December 15th, I think. Oh, wow. Something like that. And I'm like, oh, shit. And my yeah. visa for the Schengen zone runs out probably right around January 4th or 5th. So I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this isn't going to fucking work. Um, so, you know, I, I email the doctor and tell him what's up. And he's like, all right, well, he's like, I've contacted another laboratory that they, they confirmed they can t- turn it around seven days. Um, he's like, go there, um, get, get another one done. Um, and he's like, and you can, you can probably get a refund from the other laboratory. Mm-hmm. So I go to another laboratory, pay a shit ton more money to get another blood test done. 
go back to San Francisco uh, hospital and, um, you know, tell them the situation, uh, explain in Spanish as best I can my situation. And they're like, no, we can't give you a refund. And um, I argue for a little while, but they just like, no, we're not, you know, no refunds on the blood test. Yeah. So, um, well, so after a lot of back and forth, though, like with the doctor and he contacted some people and finally they relented that they'll give me half the money back. Um, mm-hmm. so at least I got half a refund on that first blood test. But, uh, yeah, between the, the doctor's bills and the blood tests and, um, I was just I was starting to hemorrhage, hemorrhaging money in Madrid. Plus, I didn't right. plan to be in Madrid during holiday season, which every, all the prices are hiked up for hostels or all accommodations, really, because mm-hmm. Christmas time and New Year's is a big deal in Spain, for, in, especially for Madrid. Like, that's where everybody goes. Yeah. So I'm just, like, in a wrong place, wrong time, and I'm just I'm just hemorrhaging money, man. Um, so um, the new blood tests, uh, they said it would be ready – December 28th. Um, so I knew I'd be in Madrid at least for Christmas, if not yeah. eight years. Um, so then I just had like, had like a, a week and a half to wait, um, before the results came in. Mm-hmm. Um, did you consider anywhere else around there to go? Yeah. I mean, just I, to, well, you know. I thought about it, but then also I'm like, well, I need to start getting the ball rolling on vaccination since I'm heading to India and Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started calling around trying to make an appointment to go see somebody about vaccinations. Uh, and I finally got a, a hold of a, like one, one, one hospital told me like they couldn't see me even to consult until like January 7th or some shit. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, finally I found a place that were like, yeah, like you can come in next week. Um, so I think it was actually the day after my test results were due. Um, I had a consultation for the vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I thought about maybe going somewhere else for a few days and then coming back to Madrid, but I, I just opted not to do that. Um, yeah. and I ended up checking to a different hostel cause there was just no, no atmosphere to the one I was in. Mm-hmm. Like nobody really talked to one another. There's no real common area where people gathered. So I found one online that had a bunch of good reviews and supposedly a good atmosphere. So I checked mm-hmm. into this uh, hostel called Sungate over near uh, Puerto del Sol, and um, that's where I ended up like spending the re- the remainder of my time in Madrid. And it was actually really awesome because the whole staff were there was super cool, and um, mm-hmm. you know all the travelers were very sociable and it was a good common area. And they they did like a free dinner every night, and like so everybody came together, and it was really cool. And you know if oh, I had nice. to be stuck in in, um, in a city that was like that hostel was the best place to stay while being stuck yeah. there. Um, had, you know, it was, yeah, it made it a lot better. Um, and you know, yeah. spending the holidays there too, um, and having an environment like that definitely helped, you know, being the first time that I was away from friends and family for Christmas and new year's, um, right. Yeah. We'll have kind of a surrogate family. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. That's a good situation to find yourself in. Yeah. Yeah. The, I'm glad I didn't stay at the other hostel. That would have been kind of miserable. Yeah. And we're back. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, it's Christmas time, and you're waiting to get your test results. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, oh, for so for Christmas Eve, um, like the staff there at the at the hostel was like, we're just gonna ask you know various guests if they want to fix like a dish, mm-hmm. um, and do do kind of like a potluck for Christmas Eve dinner, um, which was kind of cool. Um, so we had a bunch of different types of food, and I cooked a a chicken and wild rice stew that I like to fix. So again, yeah. I got to cook. Um, uh, once again, which is a nice, a nice break, you know, to actually cook. Cause I do like cooking. Um, yeah. Instead of just always eating out or whatever. So, um, being able to cook like a nice dish like that, um, uh, was actually a good, uh, was good for me. Like, cause I hadn't, you know, besides yeah. SOE, I hadn't really cooked. Um, so that was cool. And it was a cool thing for them to do for, for Christmas Eve dinner too. Yeah, definitely. What is, uh, what are the holidays like there? Um, well, it's, you know, Spain's still a pretty, uh, Catholic, uh, influenced mm-hmm. country. Um, and, uh, so it's, you know, Christmas, Christmas is a big deal there. Um, though like almost even bigger deal is the three Kings day, which is mm-hmm. in early January, like January 6th, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they, they celebrate Christmas Eve, Christmas and all that. And the kids get gifts and stuff on Christmas, but I guess they get the bulk of their stuff on the Three Kings Day. So, like, that's actually okay. even a bigger deal, I think, uh, for for the Spanish than Christmas itself. I mean, it's part of this whole thing. I mean, it's, it's kind of like they're just celebrating for, like, a couple weeks, you know? Like, it's just going right. on. Um, and, uh, man, Madrid was super packed during that time. I mean, it was, you know, it was a busy city when I was there the previous two times. But during the mm-hmm. holidays... Oh my God, like mm-hmm. streets are just insane, like to walk through because it's just so packed. Um, and, um, you know, they got lights up everywhere. And then in Puerto del, del Sol, where near where I was staying, there's this humongous, like, like tree, not like a real Christmas tree, but like this metal structure that's got all kinds of lights on it, you know, and it's all mm-hmm. up. And, uh, so yeah, they, 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 they do a Christmas up pretty big. Um, and, um, and then, um, like I say, it just kind of keeps going. The holiday season just keeps going all the way till like Three Kings Day for them. Um, mm-hmm. So it's uh, yeah, it's a pretty big deal. So um, let's lead us through uh, post Christmas when you yeah. get your blood test results and everything. And so yeah, I get I get the blood test um, and it's negative. Uh, mm-hmm. Go and see the doctor and. Um, He's like, yeah, they're negative. I was like, I want, I want you to come in and talk to me. I'm like, oh, great. Uh, <laughs> you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't have Lyme, but you're pregnant. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> With a giant tick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so I go in and talk to him. He's like, yeah, the, the tests are negative. Um, and he's like, and he, he had me tested for other things other than the antibodies for the mm. bacteria as well. He said, because mm. if certain other things were out of whack, it may lead us to believe there's something wrong. Um, even if the, the bacteria tested negative at the time, cause the, the downside with Lyme disease is you can get a false negative in the first mm-hmm. month of exposure. Um, because your body has not produced, produced enough antibodies to right. be detected. <clears throat> so, um, and that's essentially what he wanted to talk to me about, but I already, I had already known that. Um, but he said, like, he had me tested for a few other things. Um, he said mm-hmm. that would be, like, tip-offs if they were, if they were out of whack. Uh, but they were not out of whack. They were, they were all fine, too. Uh, he's, yeah. like, but he's like, I'm pretty sure you don't have it. He's like, it's negative. He's like, but it is possible to get a false negative. So I, I 
suggest you get tested in 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, or we, we figured out what the 30 day point from first exposure would have been. He's like, after yeah. that 30 day window, you should get tested again. If it's negative, then you've, you're f- for sure don't have Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. He's like, but that would be outside the window where it would be detectable if you have it, um, and outside the realm of a possibility of a false negative. So, um, he wrote me another order. Uh, I told him, of course I can't stick around cause of my visa. Um, yeah. it's like, well, wherever you're at, he's like, you know, go, go get another blood test. Um, of course I think I'm at that window now currently, mm-hmm. which is this end of January, uh, in yeah. India, but I'm not going to try to go get another blood test. Um, I will when I return to the States. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel fairly confident I don't have it. Um, Fuck so, you, Doc. <laughs> yeah. But I will I will get tested once I get back to the States and just to, as a one last precaution to make sure I mm-hmm. – granted, it will be a few months into it if I had it, um, and it would be harder to treat, but you know, not as hard as to treat as, say, like 10 years into it. So um, right. I feel like I'm striking a bit of a balance there. I'm not doing it right now, but – you know, I'll, I'll probably be back in the States in June uh, mm-hmm. at this point just because of money. Um, so, okay. um, I, you know, sometime in June, I'll get back to the States. Uh, I'll go get another test and just kind of finally clear clear all that up. Did he have any suggestion as to what that might be other than that? Did he have any ideas or did they he, just not? Yeah, he just said it's, pr- you know, the body, everybody's body reacts differently to to bug bites and even though the rest of the bites didn't react that way it could have just been some weird some weird reaction at the time you know the one that mm-hmm. on the neck um just acted weird and just responded to the bite um differently so yeah yeah um i don't know i don't know no, i guess we'll find out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no, I feel I feel pretty confident at this point um, that I, and and that's the thing. Uh, the rash was the only symptom I had. I didn't have right. a fever. I didn't have um, you know, joint pains. I didn't have um, nausea, or at least you know, not until I got here and <laughs> into India. But right. it was it didn't appear at the, you know within a couple weeks of the bite um, and and the rash. So I would have I'm pretty sure I would have had other symptoms with right. that window that would have kind of been like, would have tipped me off too, but, yeah. um, I'm sure you're fine. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure, um, this shit that I'm dealing with right now is, is food, a food borne illness. Uh, yeah. being that I'm in India and everybody I've talked to has come to India has gotten sick at some point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of lucky. I made it two weeks without having any problems. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk about your decision to go to uh, India at that point, because you were in Spain for quite some time, and you had, you know, the you had your test results, and they came back more or less negative. We're, you know, jury's still out on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, at that point, you can't. You had canceled your trip to Istanbul, so you're going directly to India at that point. So. Oh yeah, the decision. Um, well, the decision to go to India, right? Uh, I'm I'm mostly curious. I'm I am curious about that. I'm also curious about, you know, just looking at a globe like the actual <laughs> what's in between spain and india you know like how do you get there you know i know you fly but how do you you know make the jump tell, I'm, yeah i'm curious about how you got there basically okay the route that was taken oh okay okay i gotcha i gotcha well I'll that talk might about just the be me but no no i'll talk yeah. about the decision too um so you know originally i wanted to go to istanbul and then like as i i kept getting postponed in madrid 
um, I kept thinking, okay, well, maybe yeah, I'll, go to, I'll still go to Istanbul and then hop to Dubai and then hop to India because those are cheap flights, cheap hops, you know? Um, right. And I really want to see Istanbul. But then you know, as the holidays creeped in, I was keeping an eye on the weather in Istanbul and it was just getting colder and colder. I mean, it was cold in Madrid, not super cold, but colder than I wanted for my plans of this whole trip of following <laughs> warm weather. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in Istanbul was super cold. Like, and I think by the time I finally made my decision, it was snowing in Istanbul. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to go to Istanbul oh, wow. now. I want to go during nice weather when I can enjoy the city. You know, the city's divided in two between with the river and a big mm-hmm. part of, you know, the trip is like you go, you get on the ferry to go between the two parts of the city. And you know, yeah, I don't want to be going in freezing rain or something like that. You know, trying yeah. to, you know, I, I just want to go during decent weather. So I, I wrote Istanbul off, and I was like, well, I could go to Dubai. It's a fairly cheap flight from Madrid. And I was like, there's not really anything in Dubai I want to see. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. D- Dubai has just never appealed to me. Like, mm-hmm. it just seems like a very modern city and just... It's all about spectacle. Yeah, you know, and, and that's yeah. just something that's never appealed to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm more into, like, history and... I mean, granted, there's there's modern architecture there, which actually might be cool to see. But uh, right. I'm more interested in like the history and the and the the foods and the I don't know the, the culture. And and to me, it just seemed like this. It's this brand new city that popped out of the desert out of nowhere. And right. I don't know. It just never appealed to me. Um, who knows? Maybe once I finally go at some point, I'll be like, why the hell did I want to come here? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, take that, Dubai. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just it's never appealed to me. So I was like, well, you know, why don't I just go straight to India because that was kind of my next stop. I, I wanted to go ahead and get to warm weather, which was mm-hmm. another reason for going to India at this point, um, was to go ahead and skip ahead and, and you know get caught back up with warm weather because I knew I wanted to do India and Southeast Asia and then keep moving east you know, mm-hmm. to Japan and spend some time in Japan. And then um, I, I don't know if I've talked about this before or now or not, but my, my plans are always evolving, always mutating. Um, but my original plan was to, to hop back from Japan to Europe once my visa reset and then do another mm-hmm. you know, 90 days in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of decided against that because the plane ticket would be astronomical to go from Japan back to Europe. Okay. Um, and I, I, you know, again, yeah, looking at a, a globe, uh, as you say, like, I, I was like, well, Japan, it's still a long ways away from the West Coast of the U.S., but it's not that far. Um, so I was thinking maybe after Japan, I, you know, I hop to the West Coast, see some friends that I have on the West Coast, and then I go up through Canada, see Canada, which I've never seen, and mm-hmm. then go across Canada and come down back to Virginia. So I think that's my okay. new one-year trip, mm-hmm. even though it's not going to be a year. Um, it's just going to be one loop around the globe. Uh, oh, okay. That's my new goal, um, since I'm not going to make it a year. Um, so my goal is to get back to Virginia before I run out of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By going east. Keep going east. So. <laughs> Um, Keep going east till you find yourself west. Exactly, um, <laughs> and I'll time travel at that point too because I'll cross the uh, international. Now wait a second. Now you're just talking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cross the international dateline. Uh, uh-huh. I'll go back in time. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm already. I don't know, man. You're already. You're already in, in the future, man. I was gonna say you're already in the future. It's Sunday for you. I know. I'm in the future. And then, then I'll travel back in time and meet up with you guys. 
<laughs> Which I think is awesome. So, uh, anyways, that's the new plan. But um, so I knew India and Southeast Asia were the next big stop. So um, I just bit the bullet and, and spent the money to get the plane tickets straight from Madrid to um, India. Uh, of course, I mean I had a layover in Dubai. It was like a two-hour mm-hmm. layover in Dubai. So yeah, it was Madrid to, to Dubai, which is a pretty long flight, uh, mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine hours, something like that. Wow. Uh, two-hour layover in Dubai, and and then like a three-hour, two or three-hour flight to Mumbai, India. Yeah, I was just curious about the the travel. That's all. Yeah. Because uh, you look at a you look at a map and it's like you know you fly from Spain. It's like okay, let's fly over Iraq and Iran and Afghanistan oh, yeah, and okay, Pakistan. Yeah, yeah, that's what you get that. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> You can find us online at www.chipjohnsonfilm.com. Click the tab for The World It's Ass. We are also available on iTunes. Just search for us there. We'd greatly appreciate if you subscribed, rated, and reviewed us. You can reach us via email at twiapodcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to send us comments, complaints, concerns, and constructive criticism. Our theme music, Fuzz Boxer, performed for us by the lovely Sarah Gregory. We'll be back, hopefully, in two weeks with more stories of the world it's ass. Can you say bye? Bye. This isn't Europe.